from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and today is our holiday special. Let me tell you what we're going to talk about today because it's a very exciting show. We're going to start off the hour with Daphne Howland, who's a senior reporter for Retail Dive, and she'll tell us what she and analysts and other retailers are looking at for the analyzing the holiday shopping period and thinking about some conclusions we can draw for the end of the year. Then we're going to go into two spotlight segments. We have Dan Sanborn, who's the president at Wheelhouse Labs and the head of marketing at Kimmel Lot, which is Jimmy Kimmel's creative lab to talk about how humor can really make a difference when you're appealing to customers. And finally, we have Josh Jacobs, who's the co-founder and CEO of Speakeasy Company, which is a leading e-commerce and fulfillment platform servicing the beverage alcohol industry. And they're talking about different ways to get you the drink you need for your holiday celebration. So it's an exciting show. Um, But let me first introduce our first guest, Daphne Howland, who's the senior reporter for Retail Dive. And she's been on our show before and we love having her. Hello, Daphne. Hello, Barbara. And I love being here. Oh, that's good. So I see you've been very busy writing about all sorts of things recently. Um, and the most recent thing you wrote about was kind of the uh, what what's going on with the d- department stores. And I think some of the numbers, maybe you can tell us, but some of the numbers for some of the big retail stores, I mean, department stores have been pretty good at the end of the year, right? How are the numbers looking for holiday shopping? So, I mean, department stores are looking really good compared to to last year for sure obviously 2020 is was the the terrible year for retail no one really needed anything and it was no one was really having much fun at this point last year it was before the vaccines um but department stores are even doing better than they did in 2019 really that's a, I didn't that's a new that. one for them yes yeah. So um, all of them are like, which ones? Like Mace, I think Macy's was showing some signs of recovery or Nordstrom's or which ones are doing really well? Calls? I mean, honestly, the standout player in that segment is Dillard's department oh. store. Um, and I think that everyone's racking up some good sales increases. I think sometimes when it comes to expectations, they didn't maybe do quite as well. Um, Macy's didn't do quite as well as Dillard's Nordstrom didn't do quite as well as Macy's. Um, but I mean, compared to where they seen they were going in 2019, before we even knew what a pandemic was, um, they, they're doing really well and people are going back to their stores, which is another thing that maybe seems like a surprise because we all got used to shopping online last year and, and this year, a lot of people have been shopping online. So um, department stores are back. Of course, the question is when you're comparing, uh, you know, sales to a, a year like last year and when yeah, you're talking count. about a consumer, <laughs> you know, is, you know, um, refreshing a closet that's been neglected for more than a year. 
that's one thing. We'll see how, how long it lasts. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I mean, comparing to 2020, that's such a low benchmark. I don't think that matters. But like you said, most people yeah. look at 2019 and some of them are even doing better than 2019. But it could be, just as you suggested, we've been in quarantine now for two years. We need some new clothes. Maybe that's not a long, uh, long-lasting um, event in, in trying to predict the future of, of department stores. And I know you've been looking at lots of different aspects of it. So we can kind of talk about some of the different things that maybe help us understand where the trend might go. And one of them is this idea of malls versus neighborhood centers. Um, and I know from my own work that it looks like if malls come back, the A malls are going to be doing better. Like they're doing some exciting, some interesting things. And some of the B and C malls, I think some of them are still in bankruptcy and not doing as well. And some of them, and I think you wrote an article about this, are being replaced by activity at neighborhood centers. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've found on that dimension? Honestly, this is one of the most interesting things to me. The that whole mall department store relationship was so important for so long. You know, people went to the department store that got people into the mall. And then there was so much traffic at malls that sales weren't actually that high per person, but there were just so many people that all the specialty retailers were able to make their sales people don't really go to department stores in that way that they did in the seventies and eighties. People don't hang out in malls the way they did in the eighties and nineties. So um, now even department stores, you're, you're seeing Macy's and Bloomingdale's even set up shop in the kind of strip centers that you normally find a Kohl's or a Target. So um, I think it's very interesting to see that change. It's just, it's really a sea change when it comes to real estate and where you put a department store. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think you also mentioned that some of the uh, big malls are changing. Like you said, it used to be in the old model, the department store was the anchor that would draw the people into the mall. And then there were so many people drawn that everybody would kind of do well. But I think you also wrote an article about different types of anchors that aren't department stores that we're seeing some of these malls bring in different anchors. So I would call this, you know, a, an aspect of my coverage that is ongoing. The thing about bowling alleys and doctor's offices and movie theaters is that it's really not, I don't think anyone knows yet how good of an anchor that is going to be. Right. Uh, remember, department stores, you'd have maybe JCPenney, Sears, Macy's, and then make sometimes a fourth anchor anchoring a mall so that's bringing in a lot of people all those different loyalty members of all those different department stores were feeding that mall it remains to be seen really can you get anybody that like enough people into a mall to really to really get it to a, a healthy point of traffic and sales yeah. And I remember like when we were first looking at some of this stuff, the idea of a gym um, as an anchor for one of these, either a strip mall or a mall, it's kind of a mixed bag, whether or not a gym is a good anchor, because it, they, it's very different behavior going to a department store and then going into a gym, you know, or going bowling. When you go bowling, you bowl. That's 
basically right. what you do. When you go to the gym, you go to the gym, you're all sweaty. You want to go home and take a shower. It's not exactly conducive to generating other kind of traffic in the mall in the same way a department store might have been. So I think we really have to rethink all of that consumer behavior. And then there's all these other sort of factors, you know, in the, in the old, old days, people would go and hang out at department stores and then eventually people would go and hang out in malls. I don't know that unless you're in middle school, you really have that kind of level of hangout time that people used to have. Um, You know, most households in this country are two income households people are strapped for time, not just money. So um, I don't know if we're going to, I, I think going back to your, your observation about the A mall, if a, if a mall is really a pleasant place to be and hang out and has enough eating places, maybe park space, I think that might be closer to what a mall needs. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, what's going on with the departments. One of the other things that I think is very interesting, and I know you've also written about it, is this pressure from some of the active investors for some of these department stores to spin off their e-commerce business. Now, I know Hudson Bay did that with Saks, um, and I think they are definitely splitting it off. I believe Coles and Macy's are under some pressure to consider whether or not to spin that off. I'll just tell you right off the bat, I I think it's a terrible idea from a retailing point of view. From an investment point of view, it might be something different. But from a retail point of view, it seems to me all the consumer behavior is moving towards an omni-channel experience and separating out these two pieces is bound to be complicated. What's your research shown? So most people who are either very familiar with the retail business like you or um, you know, uh, basically that. Anyone who's very familiar with the retail business thinks it's a terrible idea. The people I spoke with involved in the separation at Saks Fifth Avenue swear that they have constructed a series of agreements between these now separate companies, the Saks Fifth Avenue stores and the Saks Fifth Avenue online, They thought of every potential scenario. They have an agreement for every single thing so that those teams can work together. It sounds like a logistical and potentially a legal nightmare, but they say they thought of it all and everything's going well. The problem is it's about probably seven months old at this point. And so I think the jury's out. It's possible that they really did figure out a way to both get the investors their money um, from an undervalued e-commerce operation and figure out a way to maintain the the seamlessness of a company when it is one company i mean it's just it's just hard to really fathom that you can separate off a chunk of your company and expect the operations to stay smooth but they'll they'll prove it to the world if it's if it's working 
eventually we'll be able to see that that's really true and, and long lasting. So yeah, I, I will see. Uh, you're right. Maybe they thought everything through, but I don't think so because um, it just the, all the trends with the online, you know, buy online, pick up in the store and the seamless integration using the phone to connect online and in store suggests that you really need all your operations integrated. And even if they try to think of all the different connections, it's just as a model doesn't make sense from a retailing point of view. And given the people who are making these decisions are people who are looking to maximize their profitability rather than thinking about maximizing customer experience. I'm a little suspicious, but you're right. The jury's out. It's only been seven months. Maybe they figured everything out. Who knows? Uh, you know, as we're speaking, the world is radically changing again with Omicron. Uh, I don't know how much you're keeping up with that. If you, uh, I mean, you can't not be keeping up with it because it's hitting everybody minute by minute. But do you have any any news on that front? It's it's all definitely already having an effect. It's already keeping people away from stores. Um, I think it could have an effect, you know, in these last days, there are already, um, you know, the, a lot of the pandemic relief has already gone away. Um, we've got almost full employment, which is really good. And the economy is really in recovery, but, uh, you know, uh, if the pandemic feels out of control again, I mean, remember, we, ne we never, we haven't defeated it yet. So if it starts to feel out of control again, um, I think that could, you know, put a damper, maybe not on this holiday season as far as retail sales, but um, the next year might be a little bit more of a sober year again for consumers, put it that way. Yeah. I mean, just anecdotally, I got to say, that's what I'm feeling. It seems like people are getting their shopping done and maybe they'll even shop right up to December 24th, like they always do, but things are starting to, to, to just stop again. Like I had several pl trips planned for the beginning of the year and I'm getting emails canceling the events I was supposed to go to. Some of the universities are already talking about putting their classes online and it's pretty sobering to hear that. Now, January, I guess, is typically a returns month or, you know, it's kind of recovering. It's people go, they give up alcohol for the month and things like that, dry, dry January. So maybe we're used to being, um, you know, hunkered up in January. But I don't know. I think we're starting to see people starting to move towards that. And I think, you know, there's, there's also just the, all the other things that the pandemic is affecting things like the supply chain right. and, and, and the labor shortage. I mean, people don't want to work in an environment that they think might be risky. So at once, anytime anything feels risky, no one's, you know, that's when the, the financial hunkering down is just more likely to occur. You don't, it's not as much fun. To, to be sort of worried so you're not in the mood but also as a practical matter you might want to hang on to some cash so so you know yes we will definitely be keeping an eye on that yeah it's just we just definitely thought we were on the other side of this and now all of a sudden I think people are thinking maybe we aren't 
But the good news is it didn't didn't really affect end of the year sales so much. We had a pretty decent uh, fourth quarter here. Um, Some of the retailers came back. And as you said, the employment was looking much better. So that's all the good news. And we certainly have two years worth of learning how to deal with COVID. So I don't think we're in the same position we were in March 2020. Very true. Yep. Well, um, Daphne, it's been really interesting talking to you about what's going on. You got any other observations you want to bring up about end of the year? I mean, I think it is going to be a good holiday overall. I think, I think literally this week people are scrambling a little bit. Should I take that plane flight? But I think people are in a mode to make the best of it. I think probably January is when we'll start to really like think hard and focus on what does this really mean? But I think It'll be a, a good week in the next week or so. And happy holidays to you and happy new year. <laughs> yep. Happy holidays. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll have to have you back in the beginning of the year to tell us whether it's good news or bad news as we'd learn to cope with COVID. Thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and Retail Dive? And if they want to look it up for themselves, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So you can go to Retail Dive, you know, retaildive.com. You can find me on Twitter, Daphne Holland, um, you know, is my handle at Daphne Holland. And um, Sign up for the newsletter and get get our daily news and all our features right in your email box. Okay, thank you very much. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll take a look at a few holiday marketing campaigns and some marketing trends this holiday season. This is Marketing Matters, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.